Hi there, it's me again. Um, <clears throat> the the special letter of the day is T, and uh, I'm 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 pretty terrified, terrified at uh, what that could mean for us. Um, it could go either way, you know. It could it could be great a great thing that it's T. It it could be a, an awful thing that it's T. Um. What, how many results do we have? We have, well, seeing as a lot of shows start with the, um, we have quite, quite a few results here. So let's, let's pick a random, a random one. Ted Lasso. What is Ted Lasso, you ask? Um... I don't know either. Um, Google Ted Lasso TV. Sports? Small-time football coach Ted Lasso is hired to coach a professional soccer team in England despite having no experience coaching soccer. This is on Apple TV? Oh, the first episode was in August of 2020. Oh, I what? Well, no wonder I haven't heard of this. I don't have Apple TV. So, uh, well, you know what could go wrong? We have 24 results in Ted Lasso. <laughs> It, it couldn't possibly, there couldn't possibly be anything bad. Um, <laughs> um, you know, looking through these results, it's, it's nothing terrible, nothing bad here. Um, actually there's, there's quite a few just, just, uh, sane, sane stories I'll say, uh, nothing too insane here. So, um. Yeah, I'm going to filter out these results and get right back to you. Okay, so once again, since this is a relatively new fandom, um, there are there are very um, few results. Um, looks like they're all in English. So, you know, the more the merrier for us. And um, our, okay, our, our number... There's two two pages of results, one and two. Um, my random number genera generator chose one, so we're going to read the very first page of results. Here we go. Cozy by Anonymous. Oh. I've actually... I, I think I've actually never written a story by an anonymous person on here, so that's interesting. And they wrote it for Neely O. Roy and Keely cuddle on the couch. That's the fic. Winter Wonderland, again by Anonymous, for Silver, Silver Ink. Roy surprises Keely with the Christmas adventure of her dreams. Game Changer, again by Anonymous, for Fleur Ib. Quote, us. We could be a couple. I could be your girlfriend, couldn't I? Or, Roy needs a girlfriend to attend People's Sexiest Man Alive Gala with him. His publicist and friend, Keely, volunteers for the job. Right? Whiplash by SKJC. Um... After the bonfire in in season one, episode six, the team goes out to continue their celebration with a whole lot more alcohol. Afterwards, Jamie has to process a whole lot of new information. I should say I didn't. I only sorted this by um, include English stories, um, include crossovers. So there's that possibility and. Um, 
I didn't sort this by length or or just narrow it down to only one shot. So these these are some of these have uh, multiple chapters, which I'm not gonna read. I'm only gonna read the first chapter if it comes to it. Um, Starry eyed young by distorted daytime. After the team breaks the treatment room curse, Rebecca takes Sam home, a.k.a. how Rebecca starts to get her groove back. A little something more by Anonymous for Heyo. <clears throat> In the wake of a brutal press conference about AFC, Richmond's regulation, Ted and Rebecca cons co commiserate over scotch and s'mores. Some Wrinkle in Time Bullshit by Anonymous for Tree Wishes. Could it be a crossover with Doctor Who? I don't know. In 2012, Roy Kent made a wish on the European Cup. In 2020, he travels back in time. All right. Leading out into the expanding universe by Anonymous for D. Winter in which Roy's world gets bigger and smaller at the same time, the half day of campaign filming goes about as well as he can, as can be expected. The art director tries to coax Roy into making the precise degree of stern and serious, which makes Keeley laugh. You spend half your career scowling, and now you're, you've got stage fright, she asks, in mock exasperation. Three months ago, Roy would have mistaken it for genuine exasperation, but in those three months, he's been studying Keeley Jones with the same single-minded focus he used to devote to pouring over game reels and perfecting plays. It's won him a nation's heart before, but he finds lately he cares more about one particular heart, finds that one whoop of delighted laughter from her means more than the echoes of applause in some distant stadium ever had. <clears throat> there's that <clears throat> when the bones are good the rest don't matter by anonymous for saturum roy struggles with depression following his injury keely respects his his need for space and focuses on herself after being a professional uh one plus for a decade they both find big and small ways to keep showing up for each other. We're not in Kansas anymore. We're now in Missouri by Anonymous <laughs> for, for tree wishes. Shortly after the devastating loss on final match day, the West London's finest are back in action. After a compilation of their innovative plays goes viral, they're invited to play a friendly a friendly against Ted Lasso's home state's MLS club. AFC Richmond's preseason one-and-a-half stop American tour as observed by Trent Krim, The Independent. My number one by Jess Amu. Ted gets a Christmas surprise from the team. Piece by Piece by SKJC. Roy has a lot of feelings about the past and the present. Cakes and Coaches by Jessamu. Since Ted always makes... <laughs> Sorry. Since Ted always makes Rebecca biscuits, she decides to try her hand at baking something for him with rather mixed results. Striving for honesty. Um, come on, I'm cooking for you picks up immediately after Roy and Keeley encounter the paparazzi photographer in Season 1, Episode 8. Meeting the original Mrs. Welton by Foley Lex. Um, <clears throat> as AFC Richmond celebrates their new star player, much to Rebecca's dismay, Roy Kent has the opportunity of being introduced to Miss Welton. Embracing Uncertainty by S. KJC, uh, italics, his rage burned itself out more quickly than she expected, leaving a melancholy sadness smoldering in the ashes. Keely and Roy in the locker room during the last moments of the game in C Season 1, Episode 10. Fighting for each other 
by Hope Swims Free, Roy and Keeley's thoughts during the locker room scene from the last episode of season one, Are You Sure? by Hope Swims Free, Roy Has Something to Tell Keeley, Bell Book and Candle by Fake Light, Wait, 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 Isaac says, gesturing wildly. What you're telling me is that we've got 400 ghosts? That's too many ghosts, Colin despairs. Richard shakes his head. Grim, we cannot fight them all. Hey, 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 Ted snaps his fingers, punctuating each word. Yes, we can fight them all. We just have to work together as a team. In our last result, The Start Before Something by Foley Lex. Galas always are great places for networking. Bumping into old faces and meeting new people, Roy Kent circa circa 2010 is about to experience all that firsthand. So we have 20 results here. What... What is our result? 17. So let me find that and I'll get back to you. So our very first story is number 17, which happens to be Fighting for Each Other by Hope's Whims Free. Now, it occurred to me in the last episode that I should probably be including um, the ratings on these stories. you know, how on a level of 1 to 10, how spicy it's going to get, um, how, how deviant, how, um, what's the word, degenerate it's going to get. So um, the rating for this story, you'll be happy to know. General audiences, meaning most people can read this just fine. And, um, and the category is F slash M, meaning the romance is between a female and a male. So, and this is, this, the fandom is strictly, strictly Ted Lasso. No other fandoms, no other crossovers there. All right. Roy, uh, this is in bold, by the way. Roy stands in front of his locker. And this next part is in italics. Fuck, that hurts. He didn't even get to see the look on that prick's face when he caught up to him. Instead, he was on his back with a blown knee. Staring at his number on the wall, he knows those idiot announcers are already speculating that he's done for good. Roy Kent doesn't leave the pitch before the final whistle. What a fucking disaster. In bold again, Keeley stares through the door at him, italics. The pain on his face breaks her heart. She could go over to hug him, tell him how great he played, and that it'll be okay. That always worked with footballers, only he's not like those other guys. He's not like the other boys. Doesn't need that. Wouldn't want that. Words won't fix this. In bold again, You're not allowed back here during the game. Italics, he can't bring himself to look up again as she walks towards him. She was so excited to surprise him with his jersey last night. They both knew her wearing it meant something. It's not not a thing she did. Not a thing that ever mattered much to him until he saw it on her. Suddenly it mattered very much. She was so... There's a lot of F-words in this. So fucking happy, like her boyfriend was the star, not a guy demoted to the bench. And this is how he shows up. Uh, This is... Yeah, and this is how he shows up for her. By not even finishing... The fucking game. (laughs) Um, Okay, uh, it looks like we don't have much left, so here we go. Bold. She keeps walking. Italics. She'd break a thousand rules to be here right now. She was so proud of him. He did one of the hardest things in his career today, not being in the starting lineup. Still, he played like a warrior to give the lads a fighting chance. 
And here, he is still fighting. She's fighting too, for him, for them. Bold. I told you, you have to get out. Italics. Doing his best to sound like he can actually make her do what he wants, he forces himself to look at her, barely. This, this, um, this shit hurt enough without seeing pity in her eyes. He doesn't want to do the thing where he says meaningless crap, trying to make him feel better. That's what all the girlfriends did. So much bloody chatter. The only thing worse is the pity that comes with it. He doesn't want her to see him like this. Can't bear to hear her pity him. They haven't been together long enough for her to have to deal with this. Bold, she keeps walking. Italics, she's not deterred by his serious voice or the broody eyes he uses to scare people away. Neither were as important as how he ended up here. How the stadium fell quiet for her before the cheering actually stopped. Silent except for her panic. She knew it was bad. He should have popped up immediately to talk shit at Jamie. But he didn't. The panic that consumed her in those few minutes was terrifying and proved once for her all and proved once and for all that she had fallen in love with Roy Kent at lightning speed. Once he stood up, relief was immediately replaced with this overwhelming need to see him. She knew she was supposed to wait, but she couldn't. She needed to be with him and thought he maybe needed her too. Bold. I mean it. Stay the fuck away from me. Italics. Fighting to hold it together, he pushes the words out in one last desperate protest he knows she'll ignore. She's all in. He can see it in those fucking eyes of hers. Instead of the fear or pity he expected, they're full of love and determination. His instinct is to try to push away again, to scream that she's wasting her time on him. Looking at her, he can't bring himself to say those words. What he sees in her eyes makes him want to let her inside the one space he's never dared to share. Bold, she stops. Italics, he doesn't scare her. Never has. She could always look right through whatever angry rant he was going on about and see the real Roy Kent in front of her. Her panda masquerading was as an angry lion. Okay. She studies herself and her resolve, fixing it meant sitting in it with him. She's sure this is right. This is where she's supposed to be. Bold. He battles himself as she takes a seat next to him. Italics. He can't burden her with this. With what's to come. An aging footballer who's, who hasn't had a decent relationship in years rehabbing a bum knee, playing here or maybe somewhere else, or worse, a retired footballer trying to sort himself out. She deserves better than a miserable prick with an uncertain future. Bold, she takes his hand, covering it with hers. Italics, strong, a little rough, yet soft and gentle, like the man they belong to. She loves these hands. They take care of her, make her feel like everything's okay, Remind her she's safe, loved, cherished. Bold, he watches her hand on his as she slides closer. Italics, he leans towards her, surrendering a little bit more. The moment her body is against his, he can feel her eyes on him. He has no idea... He has no idea no why... <laughs> Uh, but she makes him feel calm when things are anything but. Like a bomb assuming his wounds, his soul, he's grateful for her. Bold. She brings her hand up to stroke his hair. Italics. She doesn't look away, not even for an instant. Gently guiding his head towards hers, letting him know it's okay to rest. To let go of everything he's trying to hold back from her right now. That she can handle it, that they can handle it together. 
Bold, he leans in, putting her his head on her shoulder. Italics, he needs her. He doesn't know why he's pretending he doesn't. He'd gotten quite good at convincing himself. He didn't need anyone, and they didn't need him. Harder in more recent times, he's finding it almost impossible to do with her. She's the realest thing he ever let into his life, and the hardest thing to scare away. She's become his safe space. Bold, she wraps her arm around his shoulders. Italics, as more of his weight shifts onto her, she feels his body release some sort of tension he's holding in. She wraps her arm around his shoulder, holding on tighter than usual and pressing him closer to her. This is exactly where she wants to be, taking care of him, making sure he knows he's not alone in this. Not today, tomorrow, or any of the days after that. Bold, he reaches over and takes her hand in his. Italics, all this time, he thought it, he was okay. Just a bit lonely, tired of one-night stands and shit relationships. He worked up the courage to go after this woman he'd secretly fancied since he joined Richmond. Here beside her, more naked than he's been with anyone. He realizes he had been far from okay before, clueless about what was actually missing until he opened his heart to her and she settled right in, treating it with care and filling it with everything he needed and more. Two comments. Nellie says, I love, love, love this. Your depth of understanding for these characters is breathtaking. I was keeping it together until all this time he thought he was okay. And then I lost it completely. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to go rewatch this scene with this fic in mind. Fainting Vel Violet says, I've come back and read this a couple times. It's just that good. It puts me immediately into that scene and into their mind's eye, and I think you did just a masterful job with it. Okay. I'll leave our kudos there and get back to our results. What is our lucky number? 18. Just 18. Okay. So, Are You Sure? by Hope Swims Free, the same author we just read. This is rated for general audiences, and it's F slash M. Uh, strictly the Ted Lasso fandom only. I am so happy because this is very short. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Switching off the light, he stumbles against her back, arms coming to rest around her waist, hands finding their way into hers. Night after night, falling asleep tangled together in some way, it didn't take long to lose track of the number of nights they spent together, but more and more the nights apart feel like torture, further proof that the woman next to him is his future. He feels her soft lips brush across the top of his hand, her gentle gesture <clears throat> sorry, that instantly fills him with calm and love. It's time. Healy? Yeah. It's late and her voice is soft and sleepy. I love you. There it is, the one truth he hadn't revealed, not in words anyway. Kept silently only by his own insecurities and fear, saying it out loud now, he realizes he shouldn't, should have said it weeks ago, maybe even months ago. Feeling her body tense, he knows her eyes have popped wide open and that mind of hers works out his words. Are you sure? If not for the trace of lightness in her voice, he'd find the uncertainty in that question soul-crushing. Hold on, let me check. Still not able to see her face, he'd bet a year's salary she's smiling and biting her bottom lip. She'd given him that look during her presser when they'd, they first decided to really make a go of this. Every day since, he's wanted to make her that happy as much as he could. Uh, yep, I double-checked, and I am indeed sure. And there it is, that laugh that bursts through serious moments like a breakaway on, on the pitch. He loves that laugh. Loves even more being the reason for it. Finally, she shifts to face him, leaving no room between their bodies as her hand glides along his face into his hair. The skylight providing just enough moonlight 
that he can see that beautiful face right before she kisses him. I love you too, Roy. With those words, he feels like something out of sorts in his heart clicked into place. Happy, he kisses her with no intent to stop anytime soon. Three comments. At least I have nothing says love this. Author responds, thank you. Neely O says, ah, this is just lovely and captures their humor together so well. All right. What is our next one? Four. Whiplash by SKJC. <clears throat> oh, we have a mature rating. Um, M slash M and a strictly Ted Lasso fandom here. So, um, author's notes says, first I had the idea for this and said I wasn't going to write it. Then I wrote out a couple of posts about it on Tumblr, still saying I wasn't going to write it. So, uh, here we are. Oh my. Um, okay. Well, this, this isn't very long. So, here we go. Jamie cursed the morning sunlight pouring in through the window and the throbbing in his head woke him up and groaned wordlessly under, and he groaned wordlessly under his breath. His stomach churned unpleasantly and his mouth felt like he'd been chewing cotton wool. Must have got absolutely pissed last night. He screwed his eyes shut uselessly against the blinding light. He remembered going for shots at the club with most of the team after they'd run out of whatever liquor it was that R Roja's had brought out around the fire. Coach had shouted after them not to overdo it, but clearly that had gone out of the window since once they'd gotten there. Haven't had a hangover like this since I was still in school. But there was something snoring from the other side of the bed, and somewhere in the room... His phone was ringing for at least the third time. He caught a glimpse of wavy black hair splayed across the pillowcases. Its owner covered almost entirely by the rumpled sheets when he finally forced his eyes open. He needed to get up and look for the phone even if only to turn the ringer off. He scooped it up from the floor on the way to the toilet, hoping to brush his teeth without puking his guts out before he could be bothered to deal with it. Right enough, there were three missed calls. His agent's office, the office at Man City, <clears throat> and his father. Oh, that's just fucking brilliant. Every last one of those was a terrible option. Still, seething from the phone calls... Still seething from the phone calls, can't believe that twat lasso dumping me even after I played this stupid bullshit show-and-tell game, Jamie wandered back into his bedroom. The girl from last night was still snoring like a horse, even louder than before. Whoever she- <clears throat> Oh, sorry. Um, whoever she was, she needed to go, and he needed to drown himself in coffee- and then start packing because apparently he was due back to Manchester by the end of the week. What the fuck is this? The pants he'd found on the carpet in his rummaging didn't fit around his waist or his bum. He yanked them back off and stared at the fabric in his hand. It was blue with shiny gold stripes and he didn't own anything like that. Wouldn't be caught dead wearing it if he did. So, what was going on? From the bits of hazy memories of the night before, he could piece together. It had been a mess. He, okay, I guess this is a flashback? He was piling into the back of a taxi van with Colin, Isaac, Sam, Rojas, and O'Brien. The driver was asking them where they were all going. Isaac was too busy complaining about the shoe he'd lost somewhere in the club to answer, and Rojas couldn't remember where he lived and kept rattling off an address in Mexico. Then he was stumbling out of the van, Rojas in tow, 
The pair of them still going on madly about Isaac's sulking, and then they were drinking beers in his kitchen, found his training bag, started heading, heading a ball back and forth across the room, inventing the rules to a drinking game as they went. Oh shit, right, Jamie thought, cringing when a bit more of it came back to him. He was going to have to replace those lights, so Roja's was probably passed out downstairs, but who else had he invited over? It wasn't Keeley's hair on the pillow, and she didn't snore. He took a step closer to the bed, about to shout something, when the mass massive sheets shifted and slid down, and he stopped dead in his tracks. All of a sudden, Jamie was breathing as hard as if he just ran 20 laps of the pitch, and he had to sit down. He sank to the floor, head spinning, and it wasn't the hangover. It was the fact that he'd forgotten how to breathe while his brain restarted like a mobile phone downloading a software update. Flashback. They were sprawled on the staircase in a heap, howling with laughter, and as their amusement over the broken lamp died down, he was staring at the big lopsided grin on Roja's face and his pulse was pounding in his ears all of a sudden. Then they were pressed against one another, uh, chapped lips moving sloppily against his own, then stumbling into his bed, shirt discarded in the hall. Um, yeah. Oh no, he mumbled out loud, head shaking in disbelief. No fucking way. He had to leave. That was all there was to it. Grosius was still snoring in his bed, there was still a load of busted glass downstairs, and he absolutely had to get the hell out of there before he was forced to figure out what he was doing. We have three comments here. Cosmic Ever After says, Okay, 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 I'm all for this pairing. Loved this. Um, author responds, Thanks. I honestly... Oh, honestly, this started with someone else's Tumblr post about wanting to see them become friends in season two, which I tacked onto, and then my brain ran away with it when I was rewatching season one, episode six, and spawned this ridiculous idea that's been taking over way too much of my brain space. I had a vague list of ideas that turned into an outline, and now it's sort of developed back into a different vague list of ideas. Oops. Then Cosmic Ever After responds, I'm so grateful for that. I'm loving all of your Ted Lasso fix. So this actually has more chapters. Um, it has eight, eight chapters so far. So that's something you'd be interested in reading yourself. That is uh, Whiplash by SKJC. Okay. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Our next result is 18. Number 18. So let me find that real fast. Okay, you'll be happy to know that number 18 is uh, Are You Sure? by Hope Swims Free and happens to be rated for general audiences is, um, is a F slash M story and is strictly within the Ted Lasso fandom. So, <laughs> here we go. Switching off the light, he snuggles against her... Wait, we just read this. Oh my god, I just read this one. Wow. I thought the number 18 sounded familiar. Okay, well, let's go back to the number... Randomizer? 13. Wow. You know, we just keep getting that number 13. I think almost every episode of this has had a number 13, so I don't know. You can interpret that any way you want. And uh, this story happens to be Cakes and Coaches by Jessamu, and it's rated for general audiences. Um, it's F slash M story and uh, strictly the Ted Lasso fandom. No crossovers. So... Rebecca raised her hand to knock on Ted's office door. Then she put it down again and walked out. Letting out a frustrated huff, she looked down at the pink cake box in her hand. Why was she so why was she afraid? 
Why was she cowering in a corridor over a bloody chocolate cake? She was better than this. Right, Rebecca stood up straight again. You are a strong woman. You are secure enough in that to de- Oh dear, excuse me. In that to deliver a slice of cake. She turned on her heel and marched back into the locker room before she changed her mind. If she was being perfectly honest, she knew exactly why she was worrying. She had been trying to get better at embracing change. Ted's arrival had at least taught her that some changes were very good, but she sometimes still wasn't sure she was the person she wanted to be. She wasn't ready to change their relationship. She didn't know if she was the good person Ted saw. She didn't even know who that was. If she did something to change all that, where would that leave her? Alone again. She knew Keeley would kick her arse for angsting so much over a small present. <clears throat> but Rebecca and Ted had settled into a comfortable, safe, warm, amazing friendship. She'd never made a cake for anyone before, and here was doing it for... What? And here was doing it for him because, well, because she wanted to. She wanted to do something nice for him just because. She couldn't bear it if she started if she started down this this soft cake baking, maybe I sort of like you despite your personality road and have it backfire. When she was in danger of crushing the offending cake slice, she finally knocked on the door. Ted grinned as she walked in. He always did. "Hi there, boss. To what do I owe this pleasure?" Coach Beard who was sat across from him, gave her a small wave but said nothing. Well, I sort of, it's a bit silly, really, Rebecca stammered. Hey, we love silly down here, don't we, Coach Beard? Love it, Coach Beard replied in his usual flat way. Okay, well, <clears throat> I sort of made you some cake. I mean, not sort of, I did. She moved forward and put the cake box on his desk before she could change her mind. Ted's face lit up with joy. You didn't have to do that, but boy, am I glad you did. He picked up the box and opened it, taking a sniff of, of the chocolate cake. Yes, well, Rebecca smiled awkwardly. You always make time for biscuits and the boss. My favorite time of day. Well, I thought I might return the favor. It might not be very good. I have literally never baked a cake before, so... Ted nodded. Well, I very much appreciate it. Really, I do. He didn't tell her this, but he was absurdly touched that she would do this for him. That Rebecca even thought of him outside of work, but now he could see how much she did in a real life, in a real, in a real intangible way. It warmed him. It had been a long time since someone had made him something, and I'm sure it tastes great. Rebecca nodded, buoyed by his enthusiasm. When she didn't leave, he recognized he was supposed to eat the cake and give her a verdict. He took the largest bite he could, which turned out to be a mistake, as he could then hardly talk around it. Amazing! He tried to swallow. I can taste that it was baked with love. Rebecca smiled widely, widely in relief. You're not just saying that to spare my feelings? Ted shook his head. No, ma'am. Good, because there's more, even for the rest of the team. I haven't quite got the hang of baking something small. I'll bring some more down. Shall I? Okay, that was weird. She rushed out of the office and Ted watched her go. When they heard the door to the locker room clang shut behind her, Beard turned to him. You hated it, didn't you? It's awful. Ted shook his head. I have no idea how much... I have no idea how such a smart, competent woman could make something so disgusting. Something she's going to hand round to the rest of the team. Ted's eyes widened. He would not risk Rebecca's feelings being hurt. Not for anything. He rushed out into the locker room to do some damage control. Listen up, he shouted, clapping his hands. The team turned to look at him as Beard gave him the thumbs up for, from where he kept lookout for Rebecca. Right, in about one minute, the boss is going to come in here with a cake she made. A cake? Is it your birthday, coach? Danny asked. Happy birthday. Thanks, Danny, but no, it's not my birthday. Then why did Miss Welton make you a cake? Sam asked. Because friends make cakes for each other, and she's a lovely tall person, okay? 
Ted hissed. Look, the, the why doesn't matter. The point is she made the cake. You're all going to eat the cake and tell her that it's great, no matter how god-awful it is. Do you, do you all understand me? I want every single one of you to give a performance worthy of winning an Oscar. You know, nod your head, make, make cake noises, that sort of thing, okay? What are cake noises? Richard asked. A chorus of appreciative mmms came back. What exactly? That's exactly it, team, but save it for the pitch. Rebecca stood next to Ted in the doorway of his office. They were watching the team eating her cake. It was oddly gratifying. Perhaps there was something to be said for doing things for other people. The weird series of groaning and humming began from the players. What's happening? Why are they making those horrible noises? Ted tried to communicate with his eyes that the groaning wasn't working and for them to cut it out, they just really love the cake, right guys? Pain nods and grimaces were his only answer. The only person who seemed to enjoy the cake was Roy, who was eating another slice. He must be so old all his taste buds have fallen off, Nate murmured, watching him with a disgusting expression. Ted turned back to Rebecca. He took in her nervous smile and felt his heart flip flip-flop in his chest. He knew putting herself out there in any way terrified her. He wasn't so naive that he didn't know what was going on. He and Rebecca had been growing closer all year, even if she wasn't ready to admit it yet. This was her opening herself to a new to new possibilities for them and their relationship. He was grateful and he was humbled. He didn't know if he was ready himself just yet, after his divorce, to contemplate something serious, and with Rebecca, anything that happened would be serious. He was already too important for, she was already too important for him, for it not to be. So, is this the start of something new? Instead of biscuits with the boss, cake with the coach? He nudged her and she laughed. I don't think so, Ted. I can't survive without those biscuits, you know that. You know that. She sighed and looked him in the eye. You do know that, don't you? She asked quietly. And they both knew she wasn't just talking about the biscuits. She was talking about this, them, their team of two. Ted smiled softly. I do know that. And I'm not going anywhere. There's 14 comments on this? Oh my god. Whoa. <laughs> this person wrote a book. In the comments, um, Narcole, Narcoleptic Badger says, I am so excited to see some Ted slash Rebecca fic here. <clears throat> and this is such a soft and lovely moment for them. I already got a little tag happy over on Tumblr, but I wanted to leave a proper comment because there are so many great details and lines in this story that I just have to gush over. The character beats are great, from Rebecca's initial hesitance to take this next little step forward in their relationship and show more of her feelings, to Ted's immediate understanding of that and being super touched by the gesture. To Coach Beard standing lookout for Rebecca, to Roy being the one person who is somehow unbothered by the terrible cake, lol, Rebecca wanting to bake a cake for, for Ted, despite never having baked before, genius. But also, my heart. Baking and biscuits with the boss are so clearly one of Ted's love languages, ways to show affection, that the fact that Rebecca wanted to reciprocate in kind honestly breaks me a little. In a good way, obviously, because friends make cakes for each other and she's a lovely tall person, okay? Ted hissed. I love this line so much, in all, in all caps. It's just perfect in every way. And the gentleness of the ending, where they both understand what each other are saying, asking, without saying it. Sigh. I'm a sucker for anything slow burn and friends to lovers, and it really, and it feels really right that they would be letting things between them evolve slowly because their relationship is so important to both of them already. This fic is all things good and warm and hopeful and funny, just like this show, and I would love to see you write more. Ted slash Rebecca, if you should feel inspired. Um, the author responds, oh, wow, thank you so much. 
I actually just saw your tags on Tumblr and they made me so happy. I was hesitant to post this because I haven't written fanfic for like more than a year. So your reaction has really made me smile. And yes, I'm obsessed with the idea of Ted making things slash giving gifts as a sign of affection because he does it a lot in the show. I think it's something we don't see a lot of with male characters. And also I'm glad you picked up on Roy eating the cake because not gonna lie, I was very happy with that bit as I am slightly obsessed with him. Anyway, thank you again for taking the time to be so nice. Since the show inspired me to write for the first time in ages, I'm hoping I can think of more ideas soon. Bethany actually says, adorable and maybe I sort of like you despite your personality made me laugh so much. Uh, Magnetic Rose says, this was so damn sweet. I think my absolute favorite part of this fic was Ted understanding that Rebecca baking a cake was signaling her desire to deepen their relationship. You perfectly captured how perceptive he is. Also, everyone felt very in character. You got the voices down. 10 out of 10. Thank you so much for writing this. And then daughter of Alderon says, ah, very cute. Uh, very them. And Dalsum says, ah, this is so dang cute. Um, she highlights some of her favorite bits. Okay, and um, Fake Light says, This is actually perfection, just right in every single way. Cosmic Ever After says, This was so cute, and it felt just like them. So in character. Thank you so much for writing it. Love them. And Neely O says, This was so sweet, and I loved all your dialogue. So, so in character. Okay. So... Let's go back to our results and randomize our next number, which is 14. Striving for Honesty, Honesty by SKJC. This is a teen and up rating, uh, F slash M and strictly Ted Lasso fandom. Are you really cooking for me? Keely asked once they'd walked a bit further down the street and she'd gotten over the adrenaline of dealing with the nosy photographer. Yeah, I was hoping to avoid all the pricks like that one out in public. So we're going to your house? Roy looked over at her, brow furrowed, as they passed, <clears throat> sorry, as they stopped at the street corner to wait briefly for traffic to pass. I can call and get a table somewhere. No, no, it'll be brilliant, I'm sure. I'd just never have guessed it. Keely squeezed his hand. She hadn't meant for her shock to make him feel bad about his surprise at all. In that case, you didn't really have to walk over to meet me. Dot, dot, dot. Roy scoffed and shook his head. What a shit date that'd be if I couldn't even be bothered to pick you up. And what kind of an idiot would I look like? If I just sent you a text with my address that said, come by at six. <clears throat> um, Keely tossed her hair over her shoulder and laughed. She probably wouldn't have made any assumptions, not after they'd talked, but he wasn't wrong that it would have looked pretty stupid after all their misunderstandings in the last few days. That's a good point. Texts like that usually have blurry photos of body parts attached, and it's still never quite what you're anticipating. A vaguely disgusted noise was Roy's response, and Keely was about to tease him. Like you've never done it. And then she realized he probably hadn't, at least not in the era of cloud storage, or she'd likely have seen the photos leaked online. The walk to his neighborhood wasn't too far, and she'd actually already known where he lived, even though the press had stopped bothering to come around Roy's home years ago. When they realized he would rather fight them than pose for photos, it was although it was also rather ordinary for the outside from the outside, nice but not ostentatious. She led he led her up the steps and held the door so she could go inside ahead of him. Once it was shut behind them, 
His fingertips scammed her arms as he helped her off with her jacket, and she shivered as the little spark that ran down her spine, at the little spark that ran down her spine. Excuse me. I can turn the furnace up if you're cold. No, it's fine. That wasn't the sort of heat she was thinking of. Taking it slow like he wanted was perfectly fine. But if things went well, she'd hope they could at least get a bit of snogging later. Oh, okay. Roy led her down the hall and into the open kitchen and dining area, and there were two fine place settings on the dining table and a bottle of wine with a pair of glasses set out on the bar. It certainly seemed as though he'd gone to more trouble than she had expected. He pulled out one of the bar stools for her, and after both glasses had been filled, he sat about he set about removing a variety of items from the refrigerator excuse me and cabinets. So what are we having anyway? Keeley asked. Moving around the kitchen seemed so natural to him, and she wondered how much time he spent cooking for himself in there. It was a pretty big place for someone to rattle around alone. Oh dear. The seafood risotto and some roasted veggies. A a seafood risotto and some roasted veggies. It was a perfect matter-of-fact answer, but once again, whatever she'd been expecting, it wasn't that wasn't it. Do you really know how to make that? No, he replied deadpan. This seemed like the perfect time to figure it out. Keeley was thankful she hadn't taken a drink just then, because it clearly would have come out her nose, when she nearly laughed hard enough to fall off the stool. Oh, I nearly believed you for a second. He was laughing too, the sound rolling deep in his throat, and it made her a little giddy in a way that had nothing at all to do with the wine. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna take a sip. As it turned out, the food as well as the company were both even better than Keeley could have hoped for. It was such a different side of Roy to see when he let his walls down a little, and she loved every moment of it as they drank and ate and chatted. It still amazed her how attentive and funny he could be underneath that gruff exterior. You've truly managed to impress me, Roy Kent, Keeley said in a somewhat exaggerated tone, when he rose from his seat to clear the table, save the glasses that had just been refilled from a second bottle. Well done. Glad to hear it, he started to rummage around in the refrigerator again. So, do you want dessert? What? Did you actually? Apparently he had, because he turned, he returned with two plates of what looked like a sticky toffee pudding. He must have spent most of his afternoon on this whole thing, she thought. Wow, you're really committed to this plan. Well, being as you mean to go on and all that, Roy gestured at the door at the other side of the dining area. Come on, the view out the back's decent now and it's dar- now that it's dark. Keeley gathered up the glasses and followed, and it turned out that decent was an understatement. The sitting- <clears throat> Oh dear. <clears throat> Sorry about that. The sitting room had a large window out that overlooked the back garden, which was nicely lit. It made for a rather romantic setting, especially once they were sat on the couch and he took out his phone for a second to set a scene with warm lighting and quiet background music. Oh, come on, she teased and elbowed him lightly in the side. Oh, excuse me. Now you're just showing off. I know what it looks like, Roy said, in a pitiful, half-hearted protest, but this really is the only other good spot to sit downstairs. She thought about teasing him for a bit more, just for fun, but it wasn't too easy, and besides, it really was a nice atmosphere. Instead, she took a bite of the pudding and looked over to him, surprised. You know, whenever you're through being a footballer, you really ought to consider a career in food. I'll spruce up my CV for the bake-off, he replied dryly, a smirk playing at the corners of his mouth, and the idea and the idea of him on a reality on reality television was as funny was a funny thought given that she knew exactly how little he liked having cameras shoved into his face. 
when it wasn't strictly necessary. That might be a problem since I don't think they let you say fuck on channel 4. Right, he gave a faux serious nod that made her giggle. Suppose that's out then. There was a brief lapse in conversation while they finished off the desserts and the rest of the wine, and Keely fiddled absently with one of her, bis her bracelets. Roy kept gazing at her in a curiously particular way that made her wonder what was going on in his head. Finally, as though he'd decided something, he put his arm around her shoulders without bothering to shroud it in any sort of pretense, and she chewed at her lip to stifle a grin as she settled against him. It was a few moments longer before Roy broke the charged but now uncomfortable silence. I'm glad we all we got all this worked out, he said, making a vague gesture with his hand between the two of them, and then frowned. Jesus, that sounded fucking stupid, didn't it? If it had if it had been anybody else, Keeley might have agreed with them. But somehow, coming from him, it was such a hit of sincerity that that felt as though her heart had skipped a beat. It's not stupid at all. She tilted her head up enough to kiss his cheek and felt him smile. I'm glad, too. He made a contented-sounding hmm noise and took her hand, twining their fingers together, and then he was kissing her again, sweeter than he'd been in the street earlier, but it still made her toes curl regardless. He was full of surprises and, and thoughts flashed through her mind of what he might be like when they did go to bed together. However, when they got to the point of her nearly clambering into his lap, she realized it might be better to change the topic, figuratively speaking, if they were still going to be putting that off. Once they'd parted and she sat back a bit to look at him again, it was gratifying to see the restraint shown in his expression. He reached out to brush some loose strands of her hair out of her face, and she nearly leaned in to kiss him again when his fingers grazed her cheek. But she knew that if she did that, she'd likely end up abandoning all her self-control. You know what else we could do, she asked, as an idea came to her, and smacked his arm lightly when he shot her a suggestive look. Hey, no sex on the first date was your idea, remember? I only implied that, he grumbled, and... He only sounded half sarcastic about it, but for the sake of argument, let's hear yours. Want to check out what else is on that memory card? Okay, wow, 15 comments. Georgia Rule says, Finally, some, te some great Ted Lasso fix are starting to appear. This series is so insanely good, it's such a shame that nobody knows it, it exists. This is cute. I feel like you have the voices of both Roy and Keeley down. Thanks for a great fic. SKJC says, Thank you. I feel like I struggle to get Roy right when he is not actually angry. Fallen Angel 184 says, Love this so much. Just finished the show and immediately went searching for fic. This is great. Um, at least I have nothing says, I only implied that. Lol. So good. Love this fic. Standalone says, Truly delightful. I love these peeks into Keeley's brain if you do a great job capturing her mix of earnest bluntness and of showing why she meshes so nicely with Roy. Thanks for this. Eats says, oh, this is so sweet and perfect for them. You've got their voices down pat. Thank you for sharing. Author responds, thank you so much and not to be weird, but I think I remember your American Idol fic from way back in the day. Yeats replies, Oh my god, haha, ha, wow. Love to meet another fandom ancient who remembers the glory days of Adam Lambert. Neely O says, This was such a treat. I, It would be brilliant to see the team on Bake Off, wouldn't it? These two are just the cutest together. And Cosmic Ever After says, uh, they're, quoting, they're quoting the story, saying, You know what else we could do? She asked, uh, da, 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 da. yeah he's quoting that part and he says or he or she says yep loved it love them thank you for writing this all right so that was the ted lasso fandom on archive of our own um 
I guess uh, I forgot to mention this last episode because it was just so awkward at the end there. But um, if there's if there's a particular fandom that you would like to hear me read from, you can always just let me know about that, and I will be happy to oblige. So, yes, as always, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, yeah, that's that.